Are you ready to design a career that you actually enjoy? Let's get into it. This is the Talent Talks with Nowadays podcast. Recharge your vision, refresh your ambition, and get inspired by people's real career stories and tips and tricks on navigating the tricky world of work life on every episode of this show. I'll be asking professionals the question that you are curious about so that you can design the career that you deserve. Whether you're looking for work, stuck in a rut, or ready to move from a company that takes more than it gives, this is a space made for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Talent Talks with Nautis. Today, we have a very special guest joining us for the final episode of the season. But don't worry, this might be the last episode of the season, but we'll be back very soon with more inspiring conversations. Our guest today is Jane Lovis, an accomplished executive coach and leader in the field of technology. She brings a wealth of experience and deep understanding of the challenges and opportunities faced by leaders in this rapidly evolving industry. Jane's commitment is to cause and expand 1 million women leaders in technology. Recognizing the underrepresentation of women in senior executive and board roles, Jane believes that leadership development holds the key to empowering and creating powerful leaders for organizations. In this episode, we'll dive into her unique insights into the barriers faced by women in technology and the strategies she employs to maximize leadership potential and create high-performing teams. And as we wrap up this season, I just want to express my deepest gratitude to all listeners for your support and engagement. If you want to leave any feedback or have any wishes for future episodes, then feel free to reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or over email. But now, get ready for an insightful conversation with Jane as we conclude this season of Talent Talks with Nautis. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Talent Talks with Nautis. Today, I have the honor to present Jane Lovas as my guest today. So hi, Jane. Hello, Nautis. This is so exciting to be here. Can I say that after the challenges we've had... (laughs) Oh, yes. Just to <laughs> let can. people know that it, it's not always simple getting these accomplished, is it? It isn't. We've had technical challenges. We have another challenge of finding a right date. But here we are, finally, at the time of the recording. Yes. <laughs> so I'm so excited to have you here, Jane, because I know that we have um, a lot of great topics for today's episode. And maybe we could just start with a quick kind of introduction of yourself, just so any uh, listeners can get to know you a little bit more. Sure, sure. So I'm Jane Lovis, and I am, my background's technology, and I am out to create a shift in the paradigm of how businesses do business through causing 1 million women leaders in technology actually causing and elevating because it's not just causing women, it's, it's elevating them to the leadership positions that where they can really make a difference in an organization. And speaking about leading with love, my, my new book that you mentioned that's coming out in October. So that's, that's yes. the big thing that I'm up to. 
Very exciting. We're definitely going to talk about the book later on, so I can't wait to hear more about that. But first, I want to talk a little bit about your big goal that you have and your vision. So what is it that motivated you to commit to the goal of creating 1 million women leaders in technology? And what steps are you taking to achieve that vision? Well, what motivated me is my background's technology. So I started out back in the day and I was oftentimes the only woman in the room, only woman on the team. Or if I was not the only technical, if I was not the only woman, I was typically the only technical woman. And very seldom did I see women leaders. And the first couple that I had were not real positive experiences. And I thought, well, this isn't great. Well, as I continued on my journey and I did a lot of, I did a lot of consulting and contract work because I liked all the different opportunities that I had. I really began to see that there were very few women that made it into senior leadership. So it's like, if I don't take it, I'm not going to get it. You know, it's not like there's another leadership position that I could get. And I started doing some some research and some studies and found out that while women in technology start at about 50% of the employees, as they go up, it goes to about 25% when they get into senior leadership. And when you get to CEO level and boards, it's even lower than that, especially in the technology fields. But this is all actually very typical of all fields. And I just started looking at what would the difference having a million women leaders, you know, and some of them will be our our current leaders, but they're just they haven't gotten to those. They haven't risen to those ranks because they're really not sure how to do it. And so I'm coaching and that's part of the reason for writing the book. And it's not just women that it's not women's fault. And it's not just women that have to do something. It's also men because there's sponsorship, there's encouraging, there's inviting women to the table to be on the team. And then there's also ensuring that they're included in the conversation and not dismissed. And studies show, there are numerous studies that show when there, there's a tipping point at about 30% that when women make up 30% of the leadership in an organization, the organizations tend to be more innovative, employees are more engaged. And the last one, which is really important, for most organizations, they're actually financially more successful. And that's also part of the leading with love part is because we want these successful, engaged employees in our organizations. And there's ways to do that and keep them. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, it's very inspiring work that you're doing. So I can see what you 
why you set up this big vision. But what would you say are kind of the main barriers preventing representation and how can uh, leadership development address these challenges? Well, one of the first ones is people just innately hire people that look like that. We want to be around people that look like us, that think like us in all areas of our life. So it's it's really, it's being present to that. It's like looking around at who your colleagues are, who do you network with, who are you friends with and going, oh, they all either, they all either look like me or we're all in the same industry or, you know, we're all very much alike. We think alike. So how do I break out of that and look for people that aren't quite the same? So that's that's one is that our our human bias to want people like us around us. And that that's something that leadership, that's a responsibility that leadership gets to take. And that's where sponsoring women, ensuring that women are invited to the table is is critical. Then women also have a piece to play in that oftentimes we're not asking for what we really want. Women have been socially, you know, conditioned to, to just be the support. Don't ask for what you want. And when a woman does ask for what she wants, she's very often perceived as being very aggressive. A man doing the same thing is, wow, he's really powerful. Look at him standing, you know, he's asking for what he wants. And a woman is, oh, she's she's stepping over the line. She's being bitchy. She's being whatever. So acknowledging that, again, that's the way we think. And how do we change those thoughts and look at things different? And how do women be powerful take a stand without being perceived that way. And women get to ask, you know, a story I te- I, that we hear and I share is two young professionals are hired to, and, and this re- happens continuously in, for example, law firms. And so a young man and a young woman get hired. At the same time, they've just, they've both graduated from very prestigious colleges. And the man comes in saying, I'm going to be a partner. I'm going to be a partner. I'm going to be a partner. And the woman comes in and and quietly does a really good job serving her clients. Five years later, the young man is, or 10 years later, whatever, is made a partner. And the woman is going, how come I didn't? I did all this work. I served all my... And the managing partners go, well, we never knew you were interested. Now, there's fault on both sides. Nobody ever asked her if she was interested. And she never she never told anybody that. So we can only as people, we can only be responsible for what we do. If I want something, I need to let people know that I want it. So. For women leaders, women who aspire to be leaders, ask for what you want. We can't assume that 
leadership is paying attention and going, oh, we're so fabulous. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna promote us. Ask. So those are two big, big things. Yeah. Really good points. It, they're going after, you know, the career development and asking for it. Yes. So, yeah, that's a great one. And how would you say that the stakeholder-centered coaching methodology plays a role in your coaching? Because I know that's something that you work with. And can you perhaps explain a little bit about its uh, significance and impact? Right. I think it's, there's a lot of powerful coaching models. But what I really like about this is what I call it is coaching in public. Most coaching in organizations is done behind closed doors. The, the person getting coached sometimes doesn't even tell anybody that they're getting have a, that they have a coach. And with stakeholder centered coaching, one of the first things you do is the reason it's called stakeholder centered is you create a group of stakeholders that are going to support you in whatever it is you take on in your leadership. And so you're sharing that with them. And the benefits are the, of that are you're being authentic. You're not coming across as, oh, I am the perfect leader. And it really empowers and enrolls your team because they see they don't have to be that. But even more so, they're now invested in your success. Because when you ask somebody to support you, they want you to succeed. So that those are two of the things that really take it up, take your leadership to the next level is that that being authentic and sharing what you're up to so that people know that you're that you're committed to being a powerful leader that engages everyone and that they're engaged and enrolled in what you're up to. Yeah. I can completely see why you would work with a setup like that. And I can also see why you're working with coaching. You're definitely very passionate about this topic. So it's clear. And I mean, what advice would you give to organizations looking to enhance their leadership development programs and who are looking to create a more inclusive and diverse leadership pipeline? Well, it does start at the hiring, the entry levels. And there, you know, and sometimes you have to go outside your organization because if you don't have anybody and bring, bring others in. But starting with your entry levels that you, and not just going, oh, I think these people would be great leaders. Asking them what they want and really enrolling them and enrolling just about everyone in leadership development at some level, because there's a very important person that we have to lead all the time. And that's ourselves. And when we lead ourselves powerfully, we just naturally begin to lead other people. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about in, in organizations is that there, there's formal leadership and there's informal leadership. 
And that oftentimes informal leadership is actually more powerful because the people that are following the informal leader have chosen to do that and believe in that leader and support what that leaders and they feel supported. So look at who your informal leaders are and look at what they're up to and see what's missing in your, your own leadership. No matter how powerful a leader is, there's always a next level. There's always another mountain to climb. Definitely. There's always development yes. <laughs> <laughs> to be done. <laughs> yeah. And something that we've discussed before in this podcast is imposter syndrome. So how do you tackle that when you see that certain client of yours that you're coaching struggle with this? Especially, I would say, if you're working in a male-dominated industry like technology, which is very quite common. Mm-hmm. and. Right. And imposter syndrome is that feeling that I'm not in the right place. I'm not good enough. And I'm not important. And I totally relate to that because I've had that feeling. I I share a story in my book about walking. I was consulting with an organization and walking into the CIO's office going, there must be somebody else that he really needs to talk to. It can't be me. I can't, I can't answer his problems. I can't, I can't do this. And it has nothing to do with what, how much you know. Because people that have a lot of knowledge also deal with imposter syndrome. So it's really letting go and paying attention to that conversation that's running in your head. And that's not a real conversation that you're having. Pay attention to it. You'll find out it's an automatic conversation that comes. It just starts and it starts running and it's like a tape machine, a CD, an audio that somebody turned play on and it starts running. The good thing is we can stop it. We can press stop and put in another soundtrack that's much more empowering. And imposter syndrome is usually not based in any fact. That's the good thing, because if you really don't know something, you know you don't know it, as opposed to, well, I think, well, I know this, you know, but I'm just not sure it's good enough. And it's always the perfect place to start the conversation, because it's a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And being mindful and thinking about how you actually speak to yourself or what your thought process is Mm -hmm. and trying to change that. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Jane. It's such an important topic. And I know that it's been a a huge topic lately because it's so common and it's something that needs to be discussed. Something that we talked about in the beginning that I want to get back to is your new book that you're writing currently, Leading with Love. So can you tell us a little bit more about what the book is about? And uh, of course, when anyone who's listening that wants to read the book, when it's going to be available. Absolutely. I would love to share about my book, Leading with Love. And the first thing that I say is it's about love as a power. 
Think of some really powerful people like Martin Luther King, Gandhi, that what they stood for, and it was from love. So I'm talking about love as a really strong power, not our teenage emotional love where we had no control, but we were so in love. So I just want to make sure that there's a definition of love that's about it's the power of it. And that's what I'm talking about. And it's focused on their seven principles. And the first three are really the key principles because for leaders, it's know thyself. So you have to know who you are truly authentically as a leader. Others first, success for all. And then the third principle is that success comes back to you. So once you know yourself as a leader and you're really clear about who you are from a standpoint of the power of love, then focusing on the success of your team, your employees, your stakeholders, you know, even the community that you're in. So in doing that, When we create, as leaders, when we create success for others, the beauty is our success is assured. Because whatever we're out to, we can't do it by ourselves. As leaders, we accomplish what we accomplish because the people around us accomplish what they accomplish. And the people around them accomplish for them. Yes, for sure. And when can everyone accept the book to come out? It's going to be published in late September, early October. Nice. And we're in 2023. So yes, yes. Something that I, of course, have to ask at the end of every interview is what your personal top three career tips is for anyone that's listening. Find something that you love doing. Love what you do because you'll never, as the saying is, you'll never work a day in in your life if you really love what you do. If you have any power of delegation in an organization, find the people to do what you don't love to do that love doing what you love to do, who don't love to do, but they love doing it and let them do it. You'll look successful. And they'll be successful. And finally, have a really big goal. Because if you've got a really big vision, like my one million women, it opens things up in a whole new way. And it gets, it keeps you asking the question, oh, what could I do next? What could I do next? Whereas if you're focused on just the money. In fact, I was just reading a study that companies that are more focused on the finances, the profit, than what they deliver and why they deliver what they deliver, they're actually less financially successful because money is not that same kind of motivator for everyone. Really personal success and being enrolled in something that's bigger than ourselves is what keeps most of us really engaged. Very true. 
Very true. Jane, thank you so much for coming here today and sharing your insights and your new book. I can't wait to read it. And yeah, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, you are so welcome. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the insights from today's episode. If this inspired or motivated you in any way, don't forget to share it with a friend who needs to hear it and give us a top rating on iTunes or Spotify. You can also visit our website at growthpartners.com. That's partners with a Z at the end instead of an S. We are a recruitment agency with a focus on sales and marketing roles within the tech industry offered across Europe and the U.S. We have a passion for finding and matching the right talents with the right employer. Feel free to also connect with me on LinkedIn, whether you're a talent looking for your next career move or if you're an employer in the need of top talents.